right, all right, all right. Welcome to Investment Banking Insights. This is the only show dedicated to helping you learn both the technical and the non-technical aspects of the investment banking process. Hello, my name is Alex Mason and I am your host. Thank you so much for joining me. I am so grateful. I feel so privileged to be talking to you right now about one of my favorite subjects to talk about and that is investment banking. And we have just been talking a lot about comparables lately. I'm gonna get now into a couple of other subjects, just kind of like niche subjects that I think are worthy of diving into, things that we haven't really talked about in a while. And I wanna talk to you today about the income statement. Now, as we know, there are three major financial statements, the income statement, balance sheet, and cash flow statement. And in the income statement, remember that this is the financial statement that's telling us about profitability. How profitable is a business? What do the sales look like? That's the top line. What does the profit look like? That's the bottom line. And there's a whole bunch of things that happen in between sales and profit. And when we're working on an analysis as an investment banker, whether that's for a comparable company's analysis or a discounted cash flow analysis, it's important to make sure that our information in our financial statements is accurate. And this is super important because we don't just wanna report the basic line items, we also wanna make the necessary adjustments for things that can and do happen that have a very real impact on the target company's financial profile. So I wanna talk to you about a few things that we can adjust on the income statement as we're building our models and as we're analyzing companies. Now these are just known as non-recurring items. So items that we don't expect to happen all the time, but they do happen and they have an impact. So here's a couple of, of examples. Number one is the gain or loss on the sale of a non-core business. So let's say that there's a corporate carve-out, which means that our target company is going to sell one of its divisions. Maybe they're selling it to a private equity firm or something like that, maybe another strategic buyer, and they're just making money on the transaction. Let's say, for the sake of this example, it's a gain. So if it's a gain, what we're going to do on our income statement is recognize that this is going to change things. Our EBIT, also known as our operating income, earnings before interest and taxes, we're going to reduce our EBIT. And we're doing this because the business doesn't normally operate by selling pieces of itself. This is a non-recurring item, something that's just happening right now. And so we're adjusting EBIT downward to reflect that fact because we're not going to get this gain next year and we're not going to get the year after that. It's, it's done. It's a one-time thing. So this results in what's known as our adjusted EBIT. So adjusted earnings before interest or taxes. Also, you could call it adjusted operating income. Now, also note that on the income statement, you have to make another adjustment here too at the bottom because your net income is affected. Because guess what? If you sell a piece of your company for a gain, you've got to pay taxes on that. So adjust your tax expense, additional tax expense to reflect that, uh, that sale as well. So that's one example, either the gain or the loss on the sale of a non-core business. Another way you can adjust the income statement 
is through a valuation change, valuation change of an asset. So let's say that there's a business that has some inventory, but over time, this inventory becomes worth less and less. And this is a very real scenario, right? In many industries, think about something like a grocery store. If those bananas and those apples and those bags of spinach <laughs> just sit there day after day, they're going to rot. They're not going to be worth anything anymore. No one's going to want to pay anything for them. Or, or think about an electronic manufacturer even. Like if you stock a TV in your store, it might be relevant for about a year, maybe two years. But if you just keep that TV in the back for five, ten years, it's going to slowly become worth less and less. And that's just because of product obsolescence. So for this type of scenario, we're going to record an impairment. We're going to record a charge because guess what? We're writing down the value of our inventory. We're recognizing that it's not worth what it used to be worth on the books. And so what does that do? Well, on the income statement, we're going to adjust our non-recurring items in our cost of goods sold. So we have cost of goods sold just below sales, just below, below the top line. And then below that, we've got our non-recurring items in our COGS. And this is where you would put that kind of an expense or uh, evaluation chains because it's reflected as an expense. So we're not expecting this expense in the future. So instead of adjusting our EBIT downward, we would actually adjust it upward because we're saying, hey, in normal times or normally we wouldn't have this impairment charge because of this inventory we're writing down. So we're going to adjust our EBIT up. So that's scenario number two. A third scenario I want to share with you is restructuring costs. Now you'll often see restructuring costs listed on financial statements of large corporations. It's something that I've seen a lot when studying companies. And it's kind of funny that these costs are technically non-recurring, quote unquote, <laughs> because they're relatively common expenses. Businesses are always rearranging themselves, reorganizing themselves. And then they'll say, you know what? You know, switching from two divisions to four or from five divisions to three, it costs us X amount of dollars. And so that cost has to be reflected in the income statement as well. So we got to add this back to EBIT, just like we did if we were writing down inventory and revaluing an asset downward, because restructuring costs aren't going to happen every year. It's not a normal cost that's part of the normal course of operation for that business. So our adjusted EBIT would go up because of this impairment. So there's, those are some things that you can think about when thinking about how we can adjust the income statement for various items. Number one, either a gain or a loss on the sale of some kind of non-core business. Number two, the valuation change of an asset. And number three, restructuring costs. These are all things that happen on a regular basis, but they're not technically related to the ongoing operations of the business, which is why they're considered non-recurring. So adjusting the income statement for these items can give you a little bit of a cleaner picture into the financials of a business, both historically and also kind of projected forward. So if you're, if you're projecting forward, you're making projections based off of your historical data. 
And so you want to clean up that historical data so that you can have good projections. Okay, that's what I got for you today here on Investment Banking Insights. I hope you're doing amazing. If you are getting value from this and you haven't already rated this show, especially if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, go ahead and hit that stars, that's five stars, that really helps me out, or just the follow button, whatever button you have there on your podcast player that really helps me out, helps me reach more people who are trying to learn about investment banking. So thank you in advance for that, and I'll see you next time.